welcome to another episode of Weird Thing About That, where me and my fellow players are given a subject and we have to find the weirdest, coolest, funniest or most interesting story about that subject. Our stories will be scored by our judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today are my fellow players. We have Chow. Hello. How's it going, Chow? I'm really well. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. And we have Chucky. Yo. How's it going, Chucky? Not too bad. And, of course, we have our head judge, Joe. Hello, everybody. How's things, Joe? Hello. Fine, fine, fine. What have you been up to since last episode? Uh, I discovered a new meal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) Let that marinate. Joe, if you can uh, let us know what our subject is this week. Your subject this week, badass and badassery. So, I just want to... uh, make a point about this this is a uh, subject that we put out on a twitter poll and you the public decided what we were going to do a subject on this time so if you want to follow us on twitter at weird thing pod there'll be other uh, polls on there to select different subjects for all future episodes who's going first uh, we'll start with chow okay <laughs> thank you fresh off my victory in the last episode happy days um so the badass the term badass is not something you can self-identify as. And if you do, you're probably a dick. That said, there's probably some people who are... There are definitely some people who are badasses. And three of the following people are all badasses. And they're all badasses in the Second World War. Uh, the first guy I want to talk about is a guy called Joe Medicine Crow, who was a Native American who joined the US Army in 1943. And during his time with the 103rd Infantry Division, he completed all four tasks required to become a Native American war chief. These are touching an enemy without killing him, sinking an enemy's weapon, leading a successful war party, and stealing an enemy's horse. He touched a living enemy after turning a corner and colliding with a German soldier. The collision knocked the German's weapon to the ground. Mr. Crow lowered his own weapon and the two fought hand to hand. Joe overpowered the German and was about to choke him to death, but the soldier screamed for his mother and so Joe let him go. Um, Second guy I want to talk about is a guy called Bill Mifflin. Bill Millin, sorry. He played the bagpipes under fire during the Normandy landings on D-Day. Whilst under, <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yeah. The use of bagpipes was restricted to rear areas at the time by the, uh, by the British Army. <laughs> they had a real <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. badass. <laughs> <laughs> badass. But his commander, Lord Lovett, had said that, as you and I are both Scottish, that doesn't apply. Millin said that he later talked to and captured German snipers who said they didn't shoot at him as they thought he'd gone mad. <laughs> Um, and so, not to be too uh, misogynistic, I included a woman badass as well. And uh, this woman, after the Nazis killed her husband, Maria Odiskrabavia, sold all her property and bought a T-34 tank. She sent a telegram to Stalin, who was out on his bike at the time, asking to take command of said tank in the Russian army. And after six months of intensive training, she got a wish. Maria was fearless, skillfully manoeuvring her tank and destroying machine gun nests and artillery guns. She was promoted to the rank of sergeant, and in 1944, her tank got hit by a shell. Maria climbed out of the turret to fix the tank and and succeeded, but she was seriously injured whilst doing so and died from complications from her injuries two months later. Incidentally, shrapnel went into her eye and sort of like basically got infected. Um, She was awarded the highest Soviet honor, hero of the Soviet Union, and was the first ever female tank driver to receive that reward. Gentlemen, you're a bottle. I have a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) questions. 
Um, I've got to go to the bagpipes first, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe said, I love that there's a, a rule. Like, yeah. They yeah. anticipated that some people may do this. Yeah, it, I think... That, I can't remember the full details of it, but apparently you're allowed to use them. The Irish and the Scottish military didn't have a rule, but the British army did. Yeah. And so they, they got around it on some sort of technicality. But yeah, they did specify that in in battle you were only you weren't allowed bagpipes on the front line or something. I don't know why. I don't know what circum what events led to like, that needing okay, to be legislated. Bag, bagpipes in the rear guard, uh, jazz funk bass up front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you, Is that know, an oboe private? They're not the most intimidating instrument either, are they? They're not like if, if, if anything, I would aim for the bagpipe player. <laughs> not for the bagpipe player, just for the, the bag. So it's <laughs> they, have, they get a bad reputation. I think hearing the meme played badly on the high street in Edinburgh by somebody who probably isn't even Scottish is different to preparing for battle it's frosty you know it's all moaning this haze coming off and then all of a sudden you just hear this drone knowing you're about to get shot in the head Um, (laughs) was he also the same guy that went into battle with a claymore yes yeah I'm going to say I think I know that. Is he the one who said like you're not properly dressed for battle unless you've got your sword? Or yeah. Something? Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's the same. He went to. Yeah. He he had like a caber or whatever it was. Cyber thing. Uh, not saber. Saber. He had a saber. He could have had a caber being Scottish. Yeah. Exactly. yeah <laughs> hard to carry that into battle. <laughs> All the Scottish things he threw a haggis at him while eating oats. <laughs> You turned up to the Normandy landings with the yeah, with some bagpipes and a caber. Tossing what the, the fuck saber. are you going to do? <laughs> Tossing the caber's got to be the urban dictionary. I was going to let that my, um And also, yeah, I mean, like, the the Russian lady. Yeah. That is fucking mental. That is a woman scorned, isn't it? That is like, you took my husband, I'm taking <laughs> everything. everything. <laughs> it's dedication, that, isn't it, Christ? <clears throat> Buying your own tank. Where are you going to live? In my tank. <laughs> <laughs> My tank that I've just called hatred. Yeah, <laughs> they had a, it had a name. I can't remember the name of it, but they re, after her tank was destroyed because they said her, they made a big thing about her tank reaching um, Berlin, but it wasn't her tank. But every time her tank got destroyed, they just commissioned another one with the same name. And the the private, uh, not the privates, the commanders used to say, "Look, you need to fight like this woman because she was just." completely fearless I mean she had nothing to well I, th- I think she just felt that she was just out for retribution and yeah. nothing to lose oh, like that, when you said like the tank got hit and she got out and then she like she got I imagine she just got out flipped the battlefield off <laughs> and then started preparing it like she was yeah I mean because I, I you've seen Saving Private Ryan and I've seen um, yeah. Band of Brothers and I just I watch those and I just I, I always think to myself I would probably be a, just a quivering unshakable mess and would absolutely fill my trousers and it would be the most mortifying horrendous experience so that is when i uh, the the term badass actually comes into its own you're like these people you know it's easy to say oh i don't give a fuck when you're i don't know having an argument with somebody but in the heat of battle with you know shrapnel and all kinds of stuff Mm. going off that is that's the next level i I did the most breakdown doing paintball for me stag dude (laughs) unashamedly i would i would freeze up in 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 battle i don't even think adrenaline would help i think i would just freeze up and just start crying or something (laughs) where i thought you would go i'd I'd heard previously that you were gonna do world war ii in um in the badass and um what i thought you were gonna say was one of the stories from band of brothers where they were attacking a town and I, I don't know the name of the town, but it, I think it was in France. And one guy, he just ran unarmed, just 
he had to get a message to the other side yes. of the battlefield yep. and he just ran straight through the Germans and they were just so gobsmacked they didn't <laughs> like, even didn't shoot, shoot him. him yeah they, they were just, just like... they just watched him like absolutely like in awe like is this guy for real and he just ran past him got the message to the other side and then ran all the way back again and they, again they were just like high five what, <laughs> <back again. laughs> what the fuck's this guy doing I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know what you've got for your other ones, but there are loads of good battlefield mm. stories of, yeah. of just absolute psychopaths. <laughs> um, moving on. Yeah. Chris. Okay. Now, there's plenty of stories about badassery out there, but what is more badass, guys? No. What is more badass, I ask, than a pirate? I can't think of many things that are. If I were going to ask you who you thought the most successful pirate in history was, you might throw out names like Blackbeard, Calico Jack or Long John Silver, but you would be off the mark. Instead, let me transport you, if you will, to the early 1800s in southern China, where our lady of legend roved the sea. That's right, this isn't a story about your typical black-bearded gruff pirate man, but about a very real-life badass pirate queen known as Ching Shi. Ching Shi also known as Zheng Yi Sao, was born in 1775 and grew up to be a courtesan on a floating brothel boat known as a Tonka. It was there she met and went on to marry a local well-known pirate called Zheng Yi. Zheng Yi himself was a very capable pirate and leader. In fact, he managed to stop years of infighting amongst local pirates by uniting them all in a single federation under a treaty in 1805. However, Zheng Yi met his untimely death when he fell from a boat during a gale in 1807 and drowned. After the loss of her husband, Ching Shi decided to take on the role of pirate leader herself, and effectively inherited what was known as the Guangdong Pirate Confederation. She did not take this new role as an easy ride, in fact the Pirate Confederation became significantly more active in 1808, just after she had taken power, doing many more raids and shipboardings than ever before. This obviously gained her a lot of notoriety, capturing the attentions of the Chinese government who sent an entire armada to stop her. She kicked the asses of the entire armada and captured 63 of their ships. <laughs> but the Chinese government didn't stop there. They even enlisted the help of Dutch and British ships to help in the fight and fought for two whole years. However, despite having a lot of power behind them, the government eventually realised this was a fight they could not win and ended up offering amnesty to Ching Shi and all of her sailors, even letting them keep all of the gold they had plundered over the years. Ching Shi then went on to retire from piracy, which is not something many pirates do, and spent her later years running a brothel and a casino until her death at the age of 69. Nice. nice. <laughs> at her peak, Ching Shi was commanding a fleet of around 1,800 ships and 80,000 sailors. In comparison, the more famous Blackbeard commanded only four ships and 300 pirates and she is hailed by many as being the most successful and deadly pirate in history. Now that's badass. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. Is it sad that I thought that the Chinese government only taking two years to realise it was a war they couldn't win? Sounds actually like a really good achievement. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's, they didn't learn anything. No. Did they? No. Uh, it was also the fact that they went, oh, we've lost 60 boats, uh, send more boats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she has them 60 now. She's more stronger than before. And you yeah. still, yeah. No, because then the more boats we send, there's, there's no, no. She's not going to need infinite boats. So we can just carry her It was very nice of the government as well to say, okay, you can keep all of the gold. Yeah, that you've as had. if they had a choice. Yeah. Please don't kill us or steal any more boats. <laughs> we're, we're tired of trying to take it from you, so you can keep it now. Yeah, I think what they were basically saying was, look, 
no repercussions just cut it out but we won't come after you anymore just pack it in and, yeah. Right, yeah pack it in we'll, you can retire in peace which again a lot of pirates don't get to retire do they they no. probably end up going down with a ship or just being hung on the gallows or that's my retirement plan as well <laughs> run a brothel and casino you know it's living the dream isn't it's it the you know? dream. No, it's either that or an allotment I don't know <laughs> 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 Brothel and casino. Will I get a disease? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's the gamble. Um, there's been a quite historical prevalence of female pirates, actually. Mm. Normally, when their pirate husband gets yeah. murdered, they go full tank driver. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, if you look into it, though, the, the female pirates are often end up doing better. Yeah. Out of the, I think because. They do run a literally a tighter ship with uh, the thing. I think she was uh, quite um, strict on like you have to actually have a bedtime. You're not allowed to, you know, um, kill each other on board. You, you, there were certain like honor rules yeah, that they had I, to follow, and they I were remember, really strict of it. I'm sure I've heard of it, and I think that I mean, while she wasn't exactly a bastion of uh, women's rights in the sense that she ran brothels, I think they also she was like. You can't go and rape people, and yeah, like there was it, yeah. pi- there were pirate rules. They weren't just raping oh, yeah, the pirate, they were just taking stuff and like leaving the people they yeah. were taking from alive and stuff. Whereas previously they'd just killed them. So she had a sense. She, I think she introduced a relative sense of morality compared mm. to where they were. Well, pirates always had a code of conduct thing. It was honor like, among thieves. If you if you lose an eye, they help you look for it. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound quite as badass, though, does it? You know, like having bedtimes and. <laughs> not raping people <laughs> no but it did alright I'm not letting uh, you win my house again <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get 1800 ships under your command just being swapped you don't get you. the Chinese government going look right <laughs> you forget about right. this <laughs> we're not going to ask for the boats back or the ships or anything just just, just stop it you're embarrassing us now and that's the Chinese government and then moving on finally Chucky alright so, when I think of the term badass, I think of a few things, and the general art form of badassery is defi- definitely one that I, I don't dabble in myself, but I've got a fond appreciation of. Sometimes, people can attribute badassery to someone who's maybe a bit edgy, has lots of tattoos and facial piercings, though I could be projecting as I have none of these things. But, there is one example of badassery which made life different for me. The date. June 30th, 2007, the location, Glasgow Airport, where John Smeaton, a baggage handler, would create history and a gold standard for what it means to be a badass. Whilst John Smeaton was off duty, two terrorists attempted to ram the entrance of Glasgow Airport in a jeep filled with explosives. After hearing three explosions, John ran towards what other people would have considered a fucking dangerous situation. When John got to the scene, one of the terrorists had gotten out of the vehicle and was on fire. John shouted at, shouted at the guy, Fucking come on then! <laughs> Before kicking him so hard in the nuts that he tore a tendon in his own foot. Now, I don't advocate sympathy for any terrorist group member. But here's a guy who would later be diagnosed as having burns over 90% of his body that also went through facing one of the most agonizingly painful experiences a guy could have. I like to think, after that, he had an epiphany that terrorism wasn't quite what he thought it was. After John kicked the ever-loving shit out of his terrorist's <laughs> love spuds, he then pulled another bloke out to safety who had broken their leg during the attack. John would later go on to receive the Queen's Gallantry Medal for his actions, being to this day the only person to be given an award by the Queen 
for kicking someone in the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking badass. Uh, gentlemen, uh, your rebuttals. This is going to be difficult to judge. I, <laughs> I read the headline of that story. I knew what you were going to say as soon as you started saying about Glasgow Airport. And the headline literally was, I kicked a burning terrorist so hard in the balls, I broke a tendon in my foot. That is right. And I, I don't think a, any headline has ever topped that. I mean, if anything, he was helping the terrorist by removing areas that could catch fire <laughs> back up into his body. So, in a way, he was trying to put him out. Uh, talk about kicking when you're down. Like, you're on fire and then... That... I, I think it's just absolutely... Like, imagine running over to this scene. Like, you've got no idea what the hell's going on. But you see a guy on fire come out of a vehicle. And your first, like, your first thought is... Gonna kick the bastard in the nuts. <laughs> Fucking bravo. I mean, he is Scottish, so. <laughs> yeah. oh, that that wouldn't back. have happened at Heathrow, would it? No. <laughs> oh, I, st- I think but, he wasn't even at work. It was his day off. Yeah. What was he doing there? That's why I don't know. Like, just you know, waiting to just kick wait someone and knew something was gonna happen. I think it was literally the day after the, um, the London bombings. Uh, right. well, so it, was, yeah. it was very close after, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just, just before you say June 30th. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, June 30th. Yeah, it would have been just before then, because I think mean, it was July No, it's June 7th. the 6th it was. June the, I thought it was July the 6th. Well, it, it was, it was around, around, around the time. time. Around the time yeah. yeah, I remember it being like 7-7 seven, seven bombings, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They should have done Sorry, it on the 24th right. of the 7th, yeah. because then six, it would have sounded like they were bombing stuff constantly. No, yeah, like you say, why is he at work on his day? Like, you ever just walk into work on your day off just to show everyone what you look like in jeans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a feeling it might have been after his shift, maybe. Yeah. That or he just really fucking loves Glasgow. Airport, I, I remember reading a, a poll like about a year afterwards of that, and he was the man most people in Britain would wanted to buy a pint. Yeah. Uh, because you yeah, would, right? Yeah, just to hear the story told by him. Yeah. Like, you know what's happened. We yeah. just want to hear it anyway. Yeah. I, want, I want to hear his spin on it. Yeah. yeah. There's not much to the story other than a couple of sentences, but you would just love to hear it retold by the man who yeah. did it over and over so again. So at what point did you think, yeah, I'll head towards that? Yeah. 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 That, the it. thing is, the guy was already done for. <laughs> He's just like, you know what? I'll kick a guy in the balls and like, yeah, get away with it. I think the guy actually lived for like another month. I think he was resuscitated on the way to hospital. I like to think <laughs> he like, died let, let from die. like groin pain rather than burns. <laughs> and he'll be, oh man, he'll get to heaven and he'll have the, what, 72 virgins and his nuts will be <laughs> back in <laughs> <of> his head. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wanking, mate. <laughs> 72, uh, nothing to do with him. Cause I, yeah. I've never understood that. No. Oh, Why would you want 72 virgins? I want 72 slags, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen virgins? There's a reason. Yeah, I've played D&D a lot, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot to do your... Um, your, your oh, you did, your, yeah. Your, your thingies. Um, to be fair, I couldn't find anything that good. The only one I got that was good was a pirate is uh, a man who gets the booty. Hey. Uh, so that's that's a bit of fun. Was there, anyth- <laughs> was there anything for tossing the cable? Uh, a Scottish sport where men oh. yeet huge wood. <laughs> uh, not everything has. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I thought it would have been. There would have been at least a poo demons. joke in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, but no. massive log or something. No. Uh, scoring this gentleman has been difficult. Uh, I'm going to say, just due to the sheer level of badassery that you've all brought to the game, uh, you can all uh, share the victory in this because you've all told stories of people who went above and beyond. In times of war, mania, and ball kicking in Scotland. 
Well, thank you very much for joining us again, and we'll see you next episode. Weird thing about that.